Kids, welcome back to the Grave Plot Podcast, member of the Pod Gods Network. That's podgodsnetwork.com. I am Skeletoni. And I am Taylor of Terror. And I don't know if we should let kids listen to this episode because this is episode triple X. Oh. Put the kids to bed. That's my bad attempt to do <laughs> porn music. I hate doing that. Because everybody fucking does that. So Me too. I- Whenever I try to do it, 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 it becomes Love Sandwich by Nerf Herder. <laughs> Um, yeah so yeah episode 30 we made it hey Hey. um but that yeah like taylor said it's episode triple x so it's gonna be very sexy episode we should have done the intros in like a 976 voice (laughs) this is taylor of terror skeletony why don't you give me a call sometime but the secret is we're doing this show wearing nothing but our Seahawks jerseys. Yep. Because it's Blue Friday, bitch. Go and, Hawks. And it's playoff season. Uh, Seahawks are making another run at it. Yeah, but it's like, who cares? You know, we've done the whole Super Bowl thing. It's just... <laughs> who wants to do it again? I mean, then it just gets old. Yeah. But no, uh, I was going to say we're both letting our playoff beards go, but yours doesn't look all that... Luxurious. I I trimmed it like shortly before the playoffs started. So, was, ah. really, your facial hair grows that slowly? Well, I think I trimmed it on bye week. So, ah, okay. Well, yeah. So it was Blue Friday. The whole city of Seattle is pumped up, and the rest of the country is not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know what? You all can just suck our blue dicks. <laughs> um. All right. Nobody cares about this. Let's get on with it. Everybody cares. I care. This is not the. Blue Friday podcast. Fuck you. Um, okay, so uh, what's new, Taylor? Um, this is part of the podcast. Nothing. 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 God damn it. <laughs> um, yeah, nothing for me too, either, I guess. It's exciting lives we live. It, it truly is. I know that... Uh, I instituted something at work that caused just a flood of phone calls directed direct, like at me. So I was dealing with that all day. So that was fun. Nice. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I guess if we have nothing else to talk about, maybe we just do horror business. Let's do it. Horror business. <laughs> Okay, so I don't know if we've mentioned this before. Uh, I'm pretty sure we have not. Okay. Well, um, there is going to be a new King Kong movie coming here in probably the next year or two, maybe, um, depending on how crazy they get with the effects. I mean, if they're going to Peter Jackson it, then who knows how long it'll take. But Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I can't believe we haven't talked about it before, but it's going to be its tentatively going to be called uh, Kong, colon, Skull Island. Kong, colon? Kong, colon. Um, but the news we're talking about today is that Michael Keaton has been cast. Uh, you would know Michael Keaton as... Batman. Batman, yep. And Beetlejuice. And Beetlejuice. 
and Birdman. And Mr. Mom. <laughs> yep. That's where he came from, like, before he did Batman. That's why people were so upset when he did Batman, because he was Mr. Mom. Well, fuck people. What do people know? Nothing. Exactly. He was uh, an awesome Batman. Yeah, I mean, people think that Ben Affleck's going to be an awesome Batman, so clearly people know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, he's, he's finalizing his deal to join the cast. Um, he's actually going to be joining uh, fellow Golden Globe winner, uh, J.K. Simmons. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is what, probably about a week after the Golden Globes now. Yeah. Roughly, I don't remember when they were. Oh well, yeah. Michael Keaton pulled in a Golden Globe for. Uh, his I don't role. pay attention to fucking award shows. Neither do I. Really. They're all a big circle jerk. <laughs> I just hear it on the news on my way to work every morning. So, um, yeah, he pulled in Golden Globe for Birdman, which I have yet to see. Um, I hear good things. I hear good things as well. Uh, J.K. Simmons, uh, who you would know from his Golden Globe winning movie Whiplash. Uh, also, he played J.J. Jonah Jameson in uh, Spiderman. Sp- yeah, Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. Uh, and he was awesome. Yeah. That was such a good role for him. I think he was born to play that role. I think yeah, pretty maybe, much. I think maybe the, the character of Jonah Jameson was developed for him. <laughs> um, <laughs> like 60 years ago? Yeah. <laughs> when he was first conceived, that's when they've developed it. Um, and also Tom Hiddleston, who is obviously Loki from Thor and the Avengers and other such Marvel and the films. the Avengers 2 and Thor 2 and <laughs> fucking stuff. Uh, anyway, uh, like I said, the film's tentatively going to be called Kul- uh, Kong Skull Island, um, but uh, it's not for sure. Uh, J.K. Simmons was saying in an interview with MTV that it'll ha- be it'll have to be something about King Kong and or Skull Island in the title. Um, according to Simmons, uh, the film's going to take place in 1971 on legendary Skull Island and partially in Detroit, which is odd. That makes sense because Detroit right now is the fucking wild wild west <laughs> except it's in the middle of the country right you got it's fun. the only place where you can take a metro bus and see bears right uh so king kong's probably there right now just nobody knows it <laughs> well i'm just commenting because all the king kong movies up to this point have all taken place in new york of course because he climbs the empire state building what's he gonna climb in detroit uh, lion stadium i don't know what's what's tall in detroit i don't know Whatever. Um, Tweet us if you know what's tall in Detroit. <laughs> Hashtag King Kong Detroit. Hashtag WTF Detroit. <laughs> Hashtag tall in Detroit. That's a good one. Let's use it. <laughs> um, Kong Skull Island will fully immerse audiences in the mysterious and dangerous home of the King of Apes as a team of explorers ventures deep inside the... Tri- so deep inside. <laughs> Keeping with the theme of the show. Hey. Sexy. Um, deep inside the treacherous primordial island. Uh, so what exactly does that mean? Fully immersed. Are they going to like decorate the fucking theater? <laughs> um, I don't know. Maybe it's going to be one of them like 4K screens just like kind of wrap around you a little bit. And they'll like pump sense into yeah. it. Yeah. Of like... King Kong colon. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say ape shit, but that's, that's just as good. Um, uh, it's going to be produced on the Legendary Pictures banner. I see you, Thomas Toll. 
<laughs> um, yeah, Taylor's got a little bit of a boner for him right now. Um, legendary story honors the foundations of the existing King Kong lore, but places in an entirely new, distinct timeline. Um, so basically, they're taking the character of King Kong and making a different story. So it's a reboot, reimagining. The reimagining, yeah. Uh, anyway, it's going to be directed by Jordan Vogt Roberts. I don't know that bitch. Yeah, he directed Kings of Summer. I don't know that. I don't know what that is. Yeah. Is that a movie? I could guess. Is that a thing? It's a thing somewhere by someone, some motherfucker. Um. Anyway, so we got that to looking forward to. Uh, most movies with Michael Keaton are good. So. True. And J.K. Simmons. Yeah. Except Juno. That sucked. Yeah. I maintained that position. It was decent for a watch. A watch. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so that's about all I have to say about that. Forrest Gump. All right, let's press on. non-reaction is very distressing. It makes me think you, makes me think that you think I'm not funny. I thought we were moving on. I didn't realize there was more. We did move on. Okay. Can I tell the story now? Tell or? the fucking story! Alright. Rose Marquand is joining The Walking Dead. That's a uh, Ross. So it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, he'll be playing a unnamed character. Uh, possibly Aaron, but not officially named as such. Uh, he will be introduced in the second half of season five, and then will become a regular after that, likely on to the sixth season. Mm-hmm. There are no character details yet, but if he does end up being Aaron, who is a character from the comic, he would be the first gay character on The Walking Dead. TV show. TV show, right. All right. Uh, Although there was some speculation about Daryl there for a while. Right. But Robert Kirkman made sure to shoot that down. Right. Uh, Kirkman did announce that a gay character would be coming to the show, so this would fall in line with that if it turns out to be that character. Right. Um, Ross, is it Marquand or is it Marquand? I, I'm, I've been saying in my head Marquand, so... Okay. Uh, Marquand will be joining new cast member Alexandra Breckenridge, who you would oh. recognize from American Horror Story Murder House. And I, th- I believe she was in um, Coven as well. You, I think you're correct. I think she was like one of the interviewing witches or something. I think I think you are correct. Yeah. So who? What do we know about and Russ Marquand? Foxy. I don't know shit about him. I don't know who he is. Um, I don't even know if. I All know. right, so let's just talk about Alexander Breckenridge then for the rest of the segment. <laughs> let's do it. Um, as we all know, she's very good looking, uh, striking, if you will. Looks good in a maid's uniform. She does. And anything else. All right, so you ready for, for Mar- Ross Marquand's credits? Oh, wait. You know, I'm just remembering something, but go ahead. Uh, tell me if you've heard of any of these movies. Down and Dangerous? No. A Lonely Place for Dying? No. The Congregation? No. Amira and Sam? No. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, actually, I do remember reading that he is a, quote, relative newcomer. So... This He's is, been in 32 movies. 
Really? Yeah, but wow. n- nothing I've heard of. Yeah, I, I guess maybe n- newcomer, meaning this is like his first like big break. He did play Han Solo oh. on one episode of Phineas and Ferb. <laughs> did, yeah, actually, he's done a, a, quite a bit of voice acting, hasn't he? And apparently he played James Gandolfini on an episode of Conan. <laughs> his voice, isn't it? On the on Conan? Yeah. I, it doesn't say voice. Oh. I could have sworn I read that. He was on one episode of Mad Men. Mad Men. Um, yes. I I believe that like this is his first like real breakout role, if you can call it that. I mean, it is The Walking Dead, but there's there's been forgettable characters on The Walking Dead. I mean, like, does anybody remember T-Dog? I remember T-Dog. You obviously remember T-Dog. But I mean, you wouldn't do, have brought him up. Do you think about him? Who would have remembered Morales if he wasn't going to be on Cobalt? Uh, not me. Fuck. I think I forgot about him the episode after he was gone. <laughs> like when we first talked about it, I thought he was dead. Who remembers Carol's husband? Ah, uh, not very well. <laughs> I remember him being there. Yeah. <laughs> I remember him getting his face punched in by Shane. That's about all I remember. Right. Yeah. Shane fucked his shit up. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Um, so welcome Russ Marquand to The Walking Dead and Alexander Breckenridge. Don't don't fuck it up. So it's getting to a point where we could write a fucking book about all the bullshit we keep hearing about Ghostbusters 3. Uh, it's It gets more and more depressing every time. I need more beer. <laughs> um, Today's episode is brought to you by Odin Brewing Company from Seattle, Washington. Hey, we're not getting paid for that. I'm, I'm, I'm getting paid in beer that I bought. <laughs> so really, you're paying them. <laughs> Um. Oh God! Just awful casting on the horizon here. Um. Just in case you don't remember, uh, basically right off the bat, Taylor and I called the fact that once Paul Feig or Feig um was involved, he was going to cast Melissa McCarthy. Guess who is in early talks to join the cast? Worst kept secret in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, it's not, con- it's not concrete at the moment because she has a very busy schedule with, uh, her CBS show, Mike and Molly, which is just, just awful. Isn't it just like half hour fat jokes? Um, week? it's, I think it was that in its first season. I think it's advanced past it a little bit, but okay. it's just bad. It's, it's a show that people are parents age like, you mm. know, um, and it's just terrible. But uh, also several other film projects that she's lined up because, of course, she has. Um, one in particular, remember that, that poster that I sent to you? Yeah. Some fucking spy. Actually, I think it's called Spy. It's, yeah, it is. Uh, it's got Rose Byrne, Jude Law, and Jason Statham. Three movie, Three people that you could potentially see in a movie called Spy. And then Melissa McCarthy, looking like she's playing a grandmother or something. I think she's supposed to be like a covert ops or in disguise, basically. Maybe. 
But who the fuck cares? I don't. Um, you know the realist uh, the, the 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 real thing about that is that somebody like Melissa McCarthy would never be a spy. Yeah, because she's too loud. She's too noticeable, and she just doesn't really have that spy physique. Nor does she have that Ghostbuster physique. No. And yet um, she would play the lead role. Yeah. That's just upsetting. But to compound that upsetting news, we're also learning that Jillian Bell from 22 Jump Street and Workaholics and Cecily Strong from SNL are reporting, reportedly missing. Fuck. Meeting. They're missing? No. That's the best news I've heard all day. <laughs> They are meeting with Paul Feig. Um, Jillian Bell is, if you saw 22 Jump Street, or if you watch Workaholics, I think she pretty much plays a pretty similar character. Pretty much, yeah. Um, she's just she's just a really moody bitch. Like, like, she acts like she has PMS all the time. And a little ditzy. A little. More so in Workaholics. Yeah, I was going to say, not so much in 22 Jump Street, but... Um, yeah, and Cecily Strong was somebody that was on SNL but wasn't good enough to be part of the main cast, so they moved her to Weekend Update, and she wasn't good at that either. So, you can see we're building just the really just striking cast here. I like when... Um, who was it that used to do the Weekend Update? Oh, Seth Meyers. When, uh, when he got his own show, and they were like, well, we're going to promote Cecily Strong to do Weekend Update. And then mm-hmm. it was like, all right, here comes the season premiere... Welcome to Weekend Update with Colin Jost and Cecily Strong. It's like, wait a minute. Where did this guy come from? <laughs> yeah. They wisely decided she was not good enough to carry it on her own and then eventually ended up kicking her off of it entirely. Right. Because she's not funny. Right. Uh, fuck. My girlfriend hates her so much. <laughs> um, I honestly, I, don't, I haven't watched SNL enough in like the last... I want to say 10 years, but probably not that long. I haven't watched it enough to really like or hate anybody on the show. She's not very good. I, I, I know. I know she's not good, but I know that most of the people on the show aren't very good. The The worst is the girlfriend's talk show. She's supposed to be like a little girl or like a tween age girl. Ugh. And the way she talks, she's like, hi, everybody. Awesome. Mm. It's like nobody talks like that. No. Uh. So this is off to a... Fantastic start. Yeah. Um, another bit of news is that Jennifer Lawrence and Rebel Wilson, who we both talked about possibly being in the movie, seem to be out of the running. Um, they're no longer involved or pursuing a role. But Emma Stone is still a possibility, who is the only one that's been talked about that I could envision or even want to see in a Ghostbusters movie. Uh, yeah, not not as that's not to say I want this movie to happen in any shape or fashion, but uh, filming is supposed to start in June, and it will take place in New York. Right, that was recently confirmed by Paul Feig um, in an interview with Empire. Uh, Feig said, a lot of people ask why I didn't create my own thing, but Ghostbusters never ran out of steam. It's such a great idea. It's such a fun franchise. So why not bring it to a new generation? 
The old movie is never going to not exist. It's not my plan to erase every copy. Hopefully they can all live together. Shut the fuck up. What a stupid thing to say. This is like he is... Um, what's, what's a good metaphor? He's buying a house that's in you know a little rough condition, but it's pretty good, livable. Um, he's making some very minor cosmetic improvements and then selling it for twice the value. That's what he's doing with Ghostbusters. More or less. Yeah. Uh, so... As we've said before, I think pretty much every episode we've talked about this, um, fuck Paul Feig. He can eat a dick, and I hate him for ruining one of the best movies ever. So, kill yourself. So I don't know if this is good or bad news. Um, start off with this is actually going to be kind of a, a, a one-two punch of story for that ass. <laughs> um, the movie Friday Thirteenth, which is just hell bent on being really bad, that's in the same universe as the two thousand nine movie, but set in an earlier time, but not a prequel. Right, and not, yeah, not related to the previous remake at all. Right. Somehow. It's yeah. a thing. Yeah, it's been a roller coaster of emotion over here. Uh, because, you know, first they announced that maybe Jason's not going to be in the movie. Then Jason's going to be in the movie, but Pamela's going to be in the movie for some fucking reason. And it's going to take place in the 80s, which is good. And then, you know, maybe it's going to be found footage as bad, but now it's not going to be found footage. It's... It's, but it might be 3D. Right. It's been a wild ride. Um, yeah. I was uh, getting to a point where I don't care anymore, and I don't think that I didn't think that could happen. How hard is it to write a Friday the 13th? It's not. You know what? I was thinking about that earlier today. It's fucking not. I could write a Friday the 13th script that people would like in five days. Yeah. And, you know, it would never get made because I don't work for Platinum Dunes. Right. And, you know. Hashtag fuck Michael Bay. Um, so, um, but we're learning from uh, producers Brad Fuller and Andrew Form that there is still no script. Remember, this movie is supposed to come out in November of this year. Yeah. Um, they would have to be in the middle of filming right now for them to even have a prayer of getting it out by November. Uh, but they're not. Um in a Collider interview with Brad Fuller and Andrew Form, uh, Form said, uh, we're just working on the script still. <laughs> Hoping we make the movie this year. And, you know, Brad, I'm just going to confirm that Jason's in the movie. So, at least we have that. At least now we know that Jason's going to be in a fucking Friday the 13th movie. Because we needed that confirmation. <sighs> okay. Now, part two of this uh story is that the wow that was a surprisingly short rant i thought that would go on more do you want me to say more <laughs> well i was just gonna ask who out who what which one of you pissed off michael bay where he was just like i'm gonna destroy all your childhoods oh yeah i know it's like i almost think that maybe he was bullied like by maybe like by people <laughs> by our someone age 20 years younger than him yeah <laughs> maybe he was like 20 25 and just some kids that were like you know 
five, <laughs> six at the time, just really bullied the fuck out of him. And he's like, you know what? Fuck you guys. These fucking toddlers. Yeah. Just come maybe, up and kick him in the ankle. Yeah. Give me your lunch money. Yeah, maybe he's like a fucking intern. At- I'm an adult. <laughs> Maybe he's like a fucking intern at Warner Brothers or Paramount or something, and you know he's on a coffee run and uh, you know getting you know bagels and donuts or whatever the fuck. And some kids are getting out of school, and he's like, "Ha ha! Look at you, asshole! Look at that hot wasted man! He's got feminine <laughs> hips!" He's like, "No, that's what I'm sensitive about." <laughs> uh, sometimes I wish our best jokes weren't stolen from people. <laughs> um, anyway, and then he went into the break room and saw them watching Transformers. He was like, soon. Yeah. It's like, someday I'm going to own this town and I'm going to ruin everything you love. All right, moving on. <laughs> on that note, <coughs> part two of this story. As I started to say, they're going to be there for the first time in 25 years. They're making a Friday the 13th video game. Um... It's uh, reportedly going to be an asymmetrical, cooperative, competitive multiplayer predator slash prey horror experience. Jesus, that pits a small group of resourceful survivors against a single player in control of the immortal, relentless slasher icon Jason. So, um, the nice thing about this game, and obviously different from the original NES version. <laughs> Um, Jason will not be wearing a glow-in-the-dark mask and purple jumpsuit. Right, for starters. Um, But you can also play as either the campers or Jason himself. So that's intriguing. This sounds familiar. Right, it does sound very familiar. It sounds like something I invested my own fucking money into. A video game on Kickstarter called Last Year. Which showed a lot of promise. Which we reported about on this show. We did report on it. We wanted to bring uh, the... I forget his name. um, Wanted to bring the creator on for an interview. I think it was Chadwell. I think it was Chadwell. Chadwell? (laughs) Um, Wanted to bring him on the show, but now he's being uh, accused of copyright infringement by Sean S. Cunningham and Horror Inc. Yeah, Horror Inc. and Crystal Lake... Was it Crystal Lake Entertainment? Yeah. Could have just, you know, purchased last year, taken the work he had already used, and changed the killer to Jason, slap their name on it, call it a day. But no, instead they decide to take everything he's done, copy it completely, and then sue him. Yeah. And I don't know that he's actually being sued, per se. Um it's just cease and desist or something? Basically, yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I was made very well aware of this because I invested in the Kickstarter campaign. So I've received emails and you know and, and contacts regarding the case. And um, you know I had to do a little detective work to find the link. But the fact that last year was being accused of uh, was intellectual improper uh, intellectual property infringement or something to that effect, and then around the same time, this Friday the Thirteenth video game's coming out, where you can play as Jason, much much like last year, or where, one of five campers. Right, there are five. In last year, there are five characters. Um, I think there are five characters. There are five killers, five different killers that you can play as or face 
um, and I think five different locations. One of the killers looks a little like Jason. In their marketing poster, I guess, there is a killer in the background of the picture that looks like identical to Jason. But if you look at the actual sketches for the game, like for the five different killers, the guy looks nothing like Jason. He looks more like Casey Jones from Ninja Turtles. <laughs> um, so there's that, and then uh, there's also uh, one of the settings, the various settings in the game, is Camp Silver Lake. And Which, I mean, it's clearly based on it, but it's sure. a fucking cabin campground you you don't own the rights to that yeah you you, you can't fucking copyright yeah the the uh, uh, lakeside campground as you know your your intellectual property that's bullshit anyway uh, I mean I'm pretty upset about this because like I said I put my own money into it but I think like I was telling you earlier today I'd be a lot more upset if it was more money than I had actually put in yeah because I, I had donated something like twenty five dollars you know a modest donation, but it's what I could afford. Um, but if I had donated more like a hundred, I'd be losing my fucking mind right now. Sure. Um, but like we were saying earlier, just put like a fucking, you know, ski mask on him instead or something. Yeah. Any kind of mask, anything. Yeah. <laughs> Any mask at all. Anything would work. And you could totally sidestep this, but, um, we'll see if that happens. Yeah. I mean, so, uh, Sean S. Cunningham. Oh, this is what fucking gets me. Um, so they've destroyed this promising game made by an independent game developer. And now they're going to be making their own game, which will use not only themes from the films, or, you know, themes and, and stories and concepts from the films, but they're going to be incorporating their own bullshit from their bullshit TV show that's coming up that takes place during presumably Jason's childhood. So that'll be cool. Will it? <laughs> um, Can you put an arrow through Kevin Bacon's throat? That would be nice. That's what I want to do. That's, that's <laughs> the only part of the game I want. Uh, this is planned to release in October of 2015. Right. So even if the movie came out on time, this would come out first. <laughs> um, I mean, do we know when the TV show's starting? I don't even remember. I'm fucking never. They probably don't even have a script for it yet. So, <laughs> uh, you know what cracks me up is this is all coming from Sean S. Cunningham, the guy who said that Friday the Thirteenth Two should have never been made. But then he tasted the delicious money. Yeah, then he saw like by uh, Jason goes to Manhattan, uh, or Jason takes, takes Manhattan. Manhattan. Thank you. Um, he saw how much money it was pulling in for a relatively low overhead cost and then he jumped back on it with Jason Goes to Hell and Jason X and Freddy versus Jason and the remake you know what the problem with Jason Takes Manhattan is tell me there's like (laughs) where to start (laughs) there's like 20 fucking minutes of the movie in Manhattan yeah like Jason taking Manhattan would be sweet if he actually fucking took Manhattan (laughs) the entire movie takes place on a goddamn boat what, Jason shows up in Manhattan, runs for mayor? And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he runs that city. <laughs> I run New York! Um, okay, anyway. 
So um, Cunningham says that an experienced game studio is taking the reins of the development of the game, and uh, he'll announce it in the coming weeks. I really want to be excited for this game, but I'm really fucking upset that I already paid $25 for this game. <laughs> and now I'm going to have to pay full price for it again when it comes out. Yeah. Which I might not do just in protest. Um, not like they're going to give a fuck, but... It's true. Anyway. So, yeah. That's all. Let's move on. All right, let's try to bring things back up a little bit. Yeah, I'm tired of being pissed off. My throat already hurts. Uh, a movie that I don't know that we've talked about much on the show. That uh, Have we at all? I, I think it was very briefly mentioned in another segment. Okay. Um, but it's called Tales of Halloween. And I don't know about Tony, but I am pretty excited about it. Oh, I'm pumped. It's going to be an anthology movie based around Halloween, obviously. Naturally. Similar to Trick or Treat. It's not just a clever name. <laughs> uh, similar to Trick or Treat, which, if you don't know by now, is the penultimate Halloween movie. Right. What? Is that? I don't think that's the right term. No? Penultimate means, like, second to last. Oh. Well, <laughs> it's the best. The uh, pinnacle of Halloween movies, maybe? Sure. Let's go with that. Yeah. Uh... But Tales of Halloween is going to look t- is looking to take that throne with a handful of segments. Good fucking luck. Yeah, I don't know if if a segmented movie is going to have the same effect as the interlocking stories that Trick or Treat has. Right, because re- you know Trick or Treat is an anthology movie, but it's all directed by the same you know it's all directed by Michael Doherty, so it's they all connect because they all have that same feel to them. Right. This this is more like a bunch of TV episodes that they clump together right uh, yeah i mean i guess there's been no real saying or explanation you have to assume probably not but like as far as it being like interwoven right like trick-or-treat so. yeah uh the segments are as follows trick directed by adam girosh from autopsy and the remake of night of the demons bad seed directed by neil marshall of dog soldiers and the descent Grim Grinning Ghost, directed by Axel Carolyn. I wonder if that's going to have anything to do with the Disney characters. I was, like, thinking that. Like, is that going to be a little copyright infringement issue? Because I almost wonder if that that title has to be copyrighted. I would think. I I mean, they still play that song at the Haunted Mansion. Yeah. It's it's the Disney song. They own it. (laughs) Yeah. So, anyway. Uh, The Weak and the Wicked, directed by Paul Sollett, from fucking Grace Kid. And fucking Jack Chop, dude. Friday the 31st, directed by Mike Mendez from Big Ass Spider. Are you noticing a pattern here? A lot of uh, movie crypt guests? Yep. <laughs> I think almost all of them. Uh, the Ransom of Rusty Rex, directed by Ryan Schifrin from Abominable, who was a movie crypt guest. This Means War, directed by Andrew Cash and John Skip from Never Sleep Again, and Nightmare on Elm Street 5. Yeah, just to specify, Andrew Cash was the director of Never Sleep Again, and John Skip was the writer of Dream Child. Okay. So. Uh, the Night Billy Raised Hell, directed by Darren Bousman, who direct- 
directed Saw 2 through 4. Sweet Tooth, directed by Dave Parker of Hills Run Red, which I need to watch that again. Yeah, I don't really remember much about it. Me and, neither. Yeah. It was very underrated. Yeah. I know that. Know that I remember it, it like got kept getting pushed back and pushed back, so it was kind of hyped up. But I don't really remember much about it, other than the fucking baby face mask. Yeah. And that he used a gun, which was a yeah, little bit I didn't of a, like that. Yeah. Uh, anyways, finally, Ding Dong, directed by <laughs> Lucky McKee. That's a penis joke. Uh, so we had we've had King Kong and Ding Dong in the show. <laughs> then we're gonna go play some ping pong. Uh, Lucky McKee is, of course, the director of May and the Woman, and all cheerleaders die. Yes. Uh, there's also a. Huge amount of genre actors so starring many. in this thing. Um, I'm not really going to tell you what they're all from. I'm just going to go down the list of names here. If you don't know who they are, then IMDb them. Uh, Pat Healy, Barry Bostwick, Noah Segan, Boo Boo Stewart, <laughs> Greg Grunberg, Claire Kramer, Alex Esso, Lynn Shea, <laughs> Dana Gould, Dana Gould, James. Apparently. James Duvall, Alyssa Dowling, Grace Phipps, Pollyanna McIntosh, Mark Center, Tiffany Shepis, John F. Beach, Trent Haga, Casey <laughs> Haga. <laughs> Casey Ruggieri, Christina Kleb, Serena Vincent, John Savage, Keir Gilchrist, Nick Principe, Amanda Moyer, Jennifer Wenger, Sam Witwer, Jose Pablo Cantillo, Ben Wolf, Caroline Williams, Robert Russler, Cameron Easton, Austin Falk, Madison Eisman, Daniel DiMaggio, Natalie Castillo, Ben Stilwell, and Hunter Smith. Also, cameo appearances are made by the likes of Joe Dante, John Landis, Adam Green, Adam Pascal. I wonder which one he's going to be in. I know he plays a cop. That's all I know. I'm pretty sure he's probably going to be in the fucking Paul Solid <laughs> one, dude. Uh... <laughs> I hope, I hope he has that accent. <laughs> Adrian Curry, Mick Garris, Lombardo Boyer, Graham Skipper, Stuart Gordon, Greg McLean, Spooky Dan Walker, and Adrian Barbeau. Spooky Dan? How'd that fucker get in there? He's fucking everywhere, man. I remember listening to him back on the great, uh, the, not the great black podcast. We uh, should get Spooky Dan on the great black podcast. Maybe we can. Uh, the Midnight Podcast. And, you know, back then I didn't even know who the fuck he was, but since then he's... Wait, Spooky Dan was on the Midnight Podcast? <laughs> yeah, so, man, he was a he called in all the time. Are you sure you're not thinking of Apocalypse Dan? No, it's Spooky Dan, I think, or maybe it was Spooky Electric Bill. Was there was a Spooky Bill. Yeah, was a Spooky Bill. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. And Apocalypse Dan. Uh, I know Apocalypse Dan was a fuck. Yeah, he was. <laughs> uh, anyway, I want to get Corey on our show. That would be awesome. That was our. I remember back in the early days of the Grave Flat podcast, that was our one of our goals was to get Corey on. Yeah, it seems to have fallen by the wayside. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, uh, the ten stories will be woven together oh. by their shared theme of Halloween night in an American suburb where ghouls, imps, aliens, and axe murderers appear for one night only to terrorize unsuspecting residents. Of course, that's how it works. That's that's Halloween by definition. The directors have created a manifesto with rules. The directors have created a manifesto with rules to create their films based on the values of Halloween night. Excuse me? Rules about Halloween night? This is a little too trick-or-treat now. 
The antithesis of the Dogma 95 manifesto, the directors will not be frugal with special effects, props, and musical score, and have already attracted notable talent in the horror genre, such as composers Frank Ilfman and Joseph Bashara. Yep. Neat! Uh, Yeah, like you said earlier, this this sounds like it's going to be pretty cool. You know, an enjoyable watch, you know, probably maybe uh, something you watch with your buddies or something, but be a good uh like you know halloween weekend kind of movie yeah definitely so you know probably a good pair up with trick-or-treat sure anyway anyway so do we have a release date on that or no we don't we have to assume because we know they've already filmed at least i think most of them have already filmed at least part of them yeah yeah i mean i know the paul solid one is filmed already Okay. Because I saw I saw pictures of Adam Green in his cop uniform, but you don't know that that's the one that Adam Green was in. I'm pretty sure it is, but you're speculating. I'm sp- okay. Okay, one of them is shot, <laughs> the one with Adam Green, right? And so you have to assume that probably a fair amount of them are shot because I doubt they're shooting one by one. So yeah, probably this Halloween. That would be. I have to assume. But when you assume, you make an asshole out yourself. Yeah, we've come back to you with more information about Ash versus the Evil Dead. Um, we talked to you last time about you know some things that Campbell or Bruce Campbell's talked about, um, mainly, mainly like plot details, things of that nature. This is more on a production side. Uh, Chris Albrecht, the CEO of Stars, which of course is the channel hosting or you know producing and Airing. Uh, airing. That's the word. Fuck. Um, the show uh, did an interview with IGN. Uh, he announced that it's going to be 30-minute episodes rather than a full hour, which is something we discussed because we when we figured, found out how short the season was going to be, so many, 10 episodes, right? I think so, yeah. Um, it said, well, the episodes have to be an hour because, I mean, who's going to do 10 half-hour episodes? That's insane. Well, apparently they are. But apparently they are. Um, apparently that was, according to Albrecht, that was a decision made by uh, Sam Raimi, Bruce Campbell, and Robert uh, Tappert. Um, they also, or he also announced that it's going to be more of a horror comedy oriented show, similar to Evil Dead Two and Army of Darkness, rather than the original Evil Dead, which was obviously despite its corniness, intended to be just straight on a horror film. That was kind of what I expected. Oh, yeah, me too. I mean, that's what people expect from Ash nowadays. Yeah. Uh, from Bruce Campbell at all, really. Yeah. True. Um, something interesting here is they're going to film entirely in New Zealand, which was a shock to me. That is interesting. Um, but apparently it is the home of uh, producer Robert Tappert. Um and also the filming location of Stars' other show, uh, Spartacus, which is also you know filmed entirely in New Zealand. Um, so that's an interesting development. I mean, I wonder how, because I know Bruce lives somewhere in Oregon. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. You're right. Yeah. Um, 
So, I don't. Th- is he married? Do you know? I don't believe so. Okay, I, I, I didn't think so, but I'm not positive. But I wonder how he feels about being away from home for so long. I don't know. And so so far from home too. Um. Anyway. So uh, this is looking at a um, fourth quarter 2015 premiere. So that's exciting. Um, I imagine the theme of the show would probably have to maybe be around Halloween sometime. I would think, but I don't I, know they would sure. make sense. Yeah, um, but I mean, fourth quarter is obviously three months long, so it could be at any point. Right. Um. Yeah, still excited about this, and once we get. You know, more information or even a firm release date, then we'll be sure to tell you. So it appears that Pinhead is not long for this world. Or any world. Or any world. Apparently, Clive Barker plans to kill off Pinhead in a new novel called The Scarlet Gospel. No! Pinhead will face occult detective and frequent Barker character Harry Amour in hell. <laughs> of all places. Um, this, this novel is said to be Barker's apology for the misguided direction <laughs> of the film franchise. Barker said, I want to give Pinhead a good send-off. I want to do it right. If we are going to get rid of the old guy, let's do it with some style. Because after this, there will be no more Pinhead stories. Because this story is the end of Pinhead. This story will mark his death. I wonder how this is going to affect the movie that they're presumably working on. <sighs> I, I don't know. I mean, because I know he made... Like, he was like kind of like the, the champion to get Doug Bradley back as Pinhead. Right. So... I, I like his his wording here because it's basically like he's dead. There's no more deadsies. Yeah. Deadwood. <laughs> Dunzo. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I very much doubt there's gonna be anything like. Um, well, I guess these aren't so much, um, like graphic novels. I think they're just straight novels. Uh, gonna, it sounds like it. Yeah, I was gonna compare it to comic books where you know her- heroes are killed all the time and then. They come back a year later, much like, I mean, they just killed off Wolverine, and it's like, okay, you killed Wolverine, but he's going to be back. You can't just not have Wolverine. Right. Right? <laughs> anyway. Uh, in the 350-page novel, a friend of Harry's is taken hostage by Pinhead, and Harry, accompanied by four mismatched companions and an animal, <laughs> must track I his... haven't decided which kind yet. <laughs> that was a monkey. <laughs> That's the ultimate animal, because it's so much like us. He thinks he's people. <laughs> like when they like, like a little capuchin who like wears a hat and a cigar, <laughs> smokes a cigar, yeah, with a bow tie. <laughs> yeah, crazy monkey. And he drives a little Shriner car. <laughs> that might be too far. Shut up. Uh, all uh, let's see. Uh, Harry, accompanied by four jabronis and a monkey, <laughs> must track his friend down. <laughs> Must track his friend down into the lowest levels of hell. Much will be learned about the nature of hell, its creator, its inhabitants, about the order of the gash and Pinhead's place within it. 
Man, he really likes his friend. So does that mean we're going to find out who the titular Hellraiser is if it's not Pinhead? I guess. It does say we will find out who Hell's creator is. Well, isn't that Satan? Did Satan actually create Hell, or did he just fall from heaven? And Well, he fell to Earth, didn't he? I don't know. I don't either. I haven't read, uh, was it Genesis? I haven't read that in a while. And you were like, what is it? I was going to go, the Bible? <laughs> you know, that one book. That one book. <laughs> um, so this this is slated for release on May 19th of this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, like Tony said, I don't know what, what they're going to do about the movie with this. If it's if, it, if that's even still a thing. We haven't heard anything about that in a long time. That's true. They may have scrapped it and gone with this instead. Right. So, neat. Yeah. You know, Taylor, I think we might want to sit down with a damn fine cup of coffee for this story. Do you have any cherry pie? <laughs> Um, as we've mentioned before, Twin Peaks is coming back uh, to answer all your burning questions about what the fuck happened. 25 years ago. Right. Uh, coming back to Showtime, as we do, mentioned. Do you think this was all planned? I don't know. It's a little convenient. It really is. But, I mean, it could be or did they just? But, I mean, 25 is like such a round number that... You know, they could have just said 25, and now they're going, you know, it's been 25 years. Maybe we should throw something together. Yeah. It's a hell of a marketing, uh, you know, plan. Yeah. But anyway, um, so as we, we I remember when we first talked about it, we, we speculated whether or not Kyle McLaughlin was going to return as uh, Agent Dale Cooper. The captain? The captain. <laughs> um. It uh, was announced by McLaughlin himself at the TCA meeting that uh, he it, he will be returning. Um, he was with uh, Showtime president David Nevins, uh, where he said, uh, "I'm very excited to return to the strange and wonderful wor- wonderful world of Twin Peaks. Uh, may the forest be with you." What's funny is I can totally see Dale Cooper saying that. Oh yeah, definitely. Um. Another piece of news that came out, came out after that um, was that Sherilyn Fenn, who played Audrey Horn, and Cheryl Lee, who of course played Laura Palmer and uh, Maddie Ferguson, uh, is coming. They're both coming back as well. We don't know to what extent. <clears throat> um, we don't know how involved they're going to be. If they're just going to be bit roles, or if they're going to be heavily involved. But they are coming back. So. What I'm wondering is, um, will Cheryl Lee be reprising one of these characters? Because Laura Palmer and Maddie Ferguson are both dead. Right. Uh, I don't know. But I mean, they could appear in the Black Lodge. But theoretically, if the Black Lodge is in fact hell, they wouldn't age. Right. Well, I don't know. It's hard to say because... I mean, you think of shows where people are supposed to not age, like 
Like take uh, take like Buffy the Vampire Slayer and or Angel, where the main well some main characters are immortal vampires. They're not supposed to be aging, but very clearly are. So I mean, what the hell are you gonna do? I mean, you gotta use the same actor. Yeah. <clears throat> we uh we went to Linda's the other day for breakfast, mm-hmm. and we we just happened to notice they have a framed picture of Laura Palmer above the bar. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Anyway, so um, as I said, this is going to be uh, – they're going into production at some point this year. I think probably relatively soon. I mean, It sounds like they're ramping up. Yeah. I mean, some exciting news. Everybody, getting, yeah. getting everybody involved. I hope Ray Wise is back. I do too. That would be awesome. Um, but, yeah, uh, production starts this year for uh, uh, an airing in 2016 – on Showtime, as I mentioned. So, um, again, like everything else, uh, more news that comes out, we will report it to you and keep you up to date. So, good news for all you Hitchcock fans out there. Um, one of old Alfred's best movies. Old Alfred, the nineteen fifty one Strangers on a Train is being remade. It is being made by the dream team behind Gone Girl. That would be the team of Ben Affleck, David Fincher, and Gillian Flynn. According to Deadline, Affleck will play the lead role, played in the original by Farley Granger a tennis pro who is bored with his marriage and wants to get divorced, but instead gets entwined with a wealthy socialite psycho who proposes the notion of exchanging murders. So clearly this movie is based on Throw Mama from the Train. Right. (laughs) Ben Affleck will play Danny DeVito. (laughs) (laughs) And Matt Damon will play Billy Crystal. Um... Sorry, I misspoke earlier. Ben Affleck will not play the tennis pro. Ben Affleck will actually play a movie star in the middle of a campaign for an Oscar during award season whose private plane breaks down and is given a ride to L.A. on another plane by a wealthy stranger. So there is no train. So this is strangers on a plane. (laughs) (laughs) I want these motherfucking strangers off this motherfucking plane. (laughs) Oh, man. I can already say fuck this movie. I... Really like David Fincher, but this has disaster written all over it. Yeah, I really like David Fincher, but I really hate Ben Affleck. Yeah, I have not and 99% sure will not see Gone Girl. No, me neither. God, no. Um, unless my girlfriend decides that she's going to force me to watch it. Then you can just leave but the room like a man. I don't think she has any desire to see it either, so. Um, yeah, that's... Uh, that's apparently happening, and like I said, it's got disaster written all over it, and it doesn't look good. Yep. Strangers on a plane who throw mama from the train. <laughs> <laughs> Do yourself a bomb man call. Do yourself a bomb man call tonight. Do yourself a bomb man call tonight. Yeah, you got it for pleasure. Doesn't make you feel better. Yeah, you got it for pleasure tonight.
of for sure disasters. Uh, to add to the growing, like, just exponentially long uh, list of Stephen King adaptations, uh, we're adding Mr. Mercedes, which, which is a book, just came out last book year. Just came out. Um, and uh, yeah, that's being adapted into a limited TV series. What does that mean, limited TV series? Like a miniseries? I think it's going to be something similar to like, um, uh, well, I was going to say Broadchurch, but I guess the American counterpart of Broadchurch, like Grace Point, that's a limited series. So basically, it has my like half of a normal series, basically, um, and it's just it's a one shot. Okay. So, limited. Or, like, the last season of 24. Had, like, 13 episodes or something. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so, uh, David Kelly has been hired to write it. Um, and he, of course, is the creator of such canceled favorites as Harry's Law, Monday Mornings, The Crazy Ones, and The Wonder Woman TV movie and TV show. Um, so, I mean, sure, he did L.A. Law, but that was, like, what, 30 years ago? So, apparently they were like, hey, all your shows only last a few episodes anyways, <laughs> so let's just do a few episodes of this. Well, I mean, like I said, he did L.A. Law a little more recently. <laughs> he did Boston Public, which was pretty popular, ran for six seasons or however long. Which one was Boston Public? I think it was the one with, I think it had Shatner in it. No, that's Boston Legal. Oh, then I'm thinking of something else. Boston Public. There was a time when there was like four shows called Boston something. Right. Boston Common. Boston Common was the best. <laughs> <laughs> of all those Boston shows, Boston Common was the best. <laughs> oh, fuck. Dude, um, I need to find some old episodes of Boston Common. <laughs> I'll get you the DVD set for your birthday. Please do. Ah, <laughs> uh, fuck. Okay, so, <laughs> Mr. Mercedes, back to this. Being written by David E. Kelly, which is probably a mistake. Um, Jack Bender from Lost is set to direct, which is probably also a mistake. I got a Lost story, but I'll wait till we're done here. Okay. <laughs> um, Stephen King said, Mr. Mercedes is a story of a psychopathic killer uh, who commits mass murder by driving his Mercedes into a crowd and the recently retired cop who makes it his mission to bring him down. So this is a pretty by-the-numbers story. Right. Uh, <laughs> this kind of sounds like a paycheck for old Stevie. Uh, anyway. Uh, uh, David E. Kelly said, uh, this is amazing and Amazing opportunity to adapt a script from material penned by one of the world's most acclaimed and accomplished authors. Uh, Mr. Mercedes is a great story that will translate beautifully to the screen if I don't mess it up. That's the vote of confidence you want. Right. You always love to see somebody have confidence in their work, you know. Um, so, I, I don't have much hope for this. The story itself seems kind of dry. I I have actually heard good things about it, though. The book? Yeah. All right. I mean, I've, I've never read it. I don't... 
I think my dad owns it, but he hasn't read it yet. I think you said, didn't you say your sister got it for him for his birthday or Christmas or something? Yes. Yeah, his birthday, maybe Father's Day. Something, yeah. Something along those lines. <clears throat> um. So, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know much about this, but the story sounds kind of lame. But, I mean, if it's... If it's popular, then it's popular. What the fuck do I know? But, Not much. No. You gonna tell your lost story? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Nick Santora, who is a writer and executive producer on shows like Prison Break and Scorpion, um, he's told a story to Uproxx. Actually, no, it was on uh, the Nerdist podcast. Okay. Um, that he recently had dinner with some of his friends who were writers for Lost. And he said, um, uh, he was telling them how much he loved the show. And he said, how are you going to pay all this stuff off? And his friend looks at him and says, we're not. He's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Um, He said, what do you mean you're not? We literally just think, or his friend replied, we literally just think of the weirdest, most fucked up thing and write it. And we're never going to pay it off. So for all those people who watched Lost and didn't really get it, you weren't supposed to. (laughs) No, I never watched a single episode of Lost because it just sounds sounded stupid. And now I'm glad I didn't waste so many hours of my life watching it. What's the, the best part is that there's all these websites and blogs and stuff out there of people trying to decipher what these things mean. <laughs> it turns out they don't mean shit. Right. And apparently on uh, Prison Break, they had an expression, no polar bears. Because... In on Lost, they were on this tropical island, but randomly there was a polar bear. Right. I remember... Oh, God. So they were saying on Prison Break, no matter how weird we get, don't get so weird, no polar bears. Like, right. Um, I, I can remember when that happened, when there was a fucking polar bear. And, you know, it's like, like I said, I never watched it, but I heard about it, and that was just like one of those things where it's like I was for sure not going to watch it. <laughs> um. You know, when people argue, oh, Lost is the best show on television. It's like, no, it's not. You know why? Polar bears <laughs> on a tropical island. And, like, you would not be, you would not believe how many people tried to justify it. It's like, well, a polar bear could be on a tropical island. Like, how? They're exclusively in the Arctic. Yeah. Uh, anyway. So. All right. So, moving on. Okay. Our final story of horror business, uh, producer Alex Garland <clears throat> recently, in an interview with someone or other, said... Some fucking guy. Some media outlet of some kind, said, and I quote, We've just started talking about it seriously. We've got an idea. Danny and Andrew and I have been having quite serious conversations about it, so it is a possibility. It's complicated. There's a whole bunch of reasons why it's complicated, which are boring, so I won't go into, but there's a possibility. In case you haven't figured out from those names, the it is 28 months later. And that is Danny Boyle and Andrew McDonald that he was talking about. 28 months later would, of course, be the sequel to 28 weeks later, which came out a long fucking time ago. Yeah. 
So obviously more than 28 months. Right. It's been more like 28 months times fucking two or three. Uh, Garland continued, it's more likely to be 28 months than 28 years. 28 years gives you one more place to go. 28 decades is probably taking the piss. Right. Because British. Right. For those of you that don't understand that slogan. Phrase. Uh, it, it could be a slogan. I guess. <laughs> I guess somebody could have it as a slogan somewhere. Nike, taking the piss. <laughs> taking the piss means to, like, take the fun out of something. Right. So, uh, yeah, I don't know about this. I, I'm i strongly against this. I mean, you know, me and Tony have our own opinions about the whole 28 Days Later franchise in that it started the fast-moving zombies unintentionally. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, from an infected standpoint, 28 Days Later is not bad. 28 months or 28 weeks later is not good. No. So. Even though it had Hawkeye. It did have Hawkeye. That's right. And 28 days had the Scarecrow. Hey. Good call. Yeah. So it might happen or it might not. Uh, Deal with it. (laughs) Fuck it. (laughs) So that's it. That's all we got. We're done. No more horror business. That's it. No moss. <laughs> okay, so. In congruence with our theme, which I haven't been following all that much, because no real opportunity to but this is episode <laughs> triple x so so let's get dirty yeah let's, let's get funky it's time for the grave plot late night i'm gonna lay you down <laughs> should we just do the rest of the show in our sexy voice i think maybe we should I'm just really breathy what are you wearing oh my god the same thing as you. This <laughs> <laughs> happened true. <laughs> Go Hawks. <laughs> no. Okay, so let's jump into our first review. Um, preference? Zombies, zombies, zombies. I create cures. Vaccines, that sort of thing. My cure was a success. Almost too much of a success. Can you answer one question for me? How could you let something like this get out onto the streets? My God.
big deal. They're just crack whores. They ain't crack whores. Them bitches is crack whore zombies. <laughs> Get this shit over with. Open the fucking door already. Okay, so zombies, zombies, zombies. Also known as strippers versus zombies. Right. Um. How to describe this movie? So. Right off the bat, we have to tell you that this is probably our fifth or sixth time seeing this movie. <laughs> At least. And we we watch it for one probably two-second long audio clip, not even really the video that's funny. Yeah, I mean, we we will typically watch this when we are just belligerent and just shitty drunk. Yeah. Uh, and we will watch this, like, two-second clip over <laughs> And over and over. I wish we had it queued up so we could play it. I mean, it's not as funny when you can't see it, but just so if somebody were to watch this, they would know what we were talking about. Yeah. Uh, Anyways, this is a movie from 2008. Um, I'm pretty sure the budget was about $17. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so, God, let's break down the plot a little bit. Um, there's a scientist who I don't think actually has a name. I think just scientist, kind of like oh, Doctor Stewart. That's his name. Uh, actor's name is Michael Clickenbeard. <laughs> that's awesome. Sorry, Clinkenbeard. That's even better. <laughs> um, so Doctor Stewart, he's working on a cure for cancer. Because he's a humanitarian. Um, apparently, he also has a side business, cooking crack rocks in his lab. <laughs> um, that's when um, his little Lucas, Lucas, his, his little Lucas, <laughs> um, who is not necessarily his distributor. But his, I mean, just the guy who he sells crack to, and then he he deals the crack out to other people. So he's a he's kind of like the Walter dealer slash customer. Sure. Except he doesn't do the crack. He doesn't. Yes, he does. Wait, Lucas? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I thought you meant Doctor Stewart. <laughs> Clinkin Doctor <laughs> Clinkenbeard. Why would you not call him Doctor Clinkenbeard? <laughs> He's like, you know what, guys? I've been going by Clinkenbeard my entire life. I want to go by Dr. Stewart. Um, it's a nice, respectable name. Anyway, um, so in his effort to make the cancer vaccine, something gets fucked up. I think Lucas... He starts uh, mixing shit. Yeah, he just yeah starts fucking with the... the the, the potion that Doctor that Doctor Stewart's working on, and um, basically concocts this zombie rice. The, it, it boils down and solidifies on its own. Yeah, 
into what look like green crack rocks. Um, Lucas doesn't seem to think much of the fact that they're green for some reason and takes them and distributes them to his whore. <laughs> well, not his, but to a whore, or a hooker uh, named Pamela. Lady of the night. <laughs> Ladies. Um, and from there, she actually... Starts smoking it with her other hooker friend. Or she she takes the crack rocks from Lucas. Starts smoking it with her other hooker friend. And they turn into zombies, start biting everyone. All the meanwhile, this takes place, like, right outside of a strip club called the Grindhouse. Where... <laughs> right. Um, where... A girl, I don't, I don't even remember her real name, but, um, who's that? Um, the the new girl, uh, Harley. Harley, yeah, but that's her stripper name, obviously. Um, it's her first night; she's very nervous. But all of the strippers, except for one, are being very nice to her and saying, "Hey, you know what? You'll get it. You just need more practice." You know. It's nice to have that encouragement in your workplace. Sure. Yeah. Um, she's also a single mom. Apparently, a lot of these girls are actually Playboy playmates. That explains a lot. Sure. Um, to an extent, it explains the very noticeable lack of nudity in a movie called you know that focuses on strippers. Yeah. I mean... How many times was there actual nudity in the movie? Like three? I can I can think of two sets of boobs right off the top of my head. Okay, three. Yeah, three. I can think of three sets of boobs. So six boobs. Six whole boobs. Yeah. Uh, some counted as maybe two on their own. Each boob counted as two. Because they were so big? They were huge. Yeah. Big boobs. Yeah, yeah. Pamela's. But, I mean, they're zombie boobs, so... <laughs> Yeah. You know, there's that whole thing. It's a... Uh, and then, what's her name? Dakota? Is that the blonde? Yeah. She had, like, you know, the best tits money can buy. Sure. Yeah. They looked nice and firm. Right. <laughs> uh, they weren't, like, super bad, like the ones that come straight out. Right. They look like they're, like, screwed on. <laughs> they weren't that bad. The but... ones that are too big for somebody, for a woman that was born with a very flat chest. Right. Right. Uh, but they were pretty fake. Oh, yeah, definitely. But, I mean, that's the Playboy way. That's the, also the stripper way. Sure. But strippers don't typically have ones that nice, you know, done that well. True. They're usually on a budget. Right. <laughs> they usually hit the strip mall. <laughs> Dr. Nick. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Um... Yeah, and so things just really start to go to hell for everyone. Um, Harley's brother, whose name escapes me. Chris. Chris. God, I'm terrible at remembering names. Um, He comes to pick Harley up from work, but finds himself in the middle of a zombie outbreak, obviously. 
uh, and becomes part of the crew fighting against them. And yeah, we've got this very like motley crew group of characters going here because we've got three strippers, four strippers, one stripper's brother, one stripper's want to be boyfriend slash regular customer. Mm-hmm. We've got uh, two prostitutes or just one, prostitute? just the one, just the one prostitute. And then her pimp, right? Slash baby dad, right? Johnny because, backhand Vegas. Yeah. And, um, oh God, what's her name? Tiffany. Is that her? I think so. Uh, she's, uh, Johnny backhands bottom bitch. So, He's the he's the only one that she doesn't wear condoms with, or use condoms with. So yeah. Um. So they're all holed up in this strip club. Yeah. And uh, meanwhile, the zombies are are outside. And for some reason, well after the strip club has closed, people keep arriving. <laughs> it's like oh, it's three o'clock in the morning. Better head down to the strip club. <laughs> yeah, they keep arriving by themselves. Right. <laughs> And they're walking. They just, they walk to the strip club from wherever the fuck they are. This is down. In, it's supposed to be down in Florida somewhere, if I'm not mistaken. Was it? Yeah, I can't. There there was something at some point that said Florida. Oh, and the, the bouncer from the strip club is also there. Right, Clive. Yeah. Uh so somehow they managed to pull off the two token black guy theme. Well, because one was a pimp. Sure, <laughs> but it's a it's a risky maneuver because. Uh, if you have two token black guys, they can oftentimes cancel each other out. Mm, yes. So, for it to pull it off in a way that it did. But they went opposite ends of Bravo. the spectrum. Because Clive was the one you wanted to root for. Mm-hmm. And Johnny was just an asshole. Right. Um, ironically enough, I think that Johnny, the pimp, was the best actor in the movie. I think you're right. Yeah, I mean, but he kind of got off easy, though, because I think he <clears throat> basically just played the the role of, like, loud black guy. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's easy. Right. <laughs> um, But, I mean, you got a bunch of models playing anything, and you're just bound to get bad acting. Yeah. Anyway, um... Yeah, so things slowly go to shit. People get picked off one by one. It's a pretty by-the-numbers zombie movie in that respect. Yeah. Um, so, so an interesting thing about this movie is something you mentioned that never really occurred to me before is the fact that these zombies seem to have a very short, almost non-existent incubation period. So where yeah, They never seem to even fully die. Right. Which brings up the question, are these even actual, like, Zombies, zombies, or are they more? They're zombies, like, zombies, zombies. Ah, <laughs> yeah, you said it. <laughs> um, but are, are they like undead Romero zombies, or are they infected? Infected. No one really knows. Because I mean, there are times when somebody has clearly died, but then comes back to life. And what's funny is it was never clearly defined if it took a headshot to take them out. Right. Because I feel like there was some of them that got, like, shot in the chest and went down. But at the same time, 
there was a part where they were at the lab and they were shooting the girl and she just kind of like, you know, started was flinching off the bullets. Right. Well, I mean, usually, usually um, if the zombie took a shot to the, ch- or like that, that one like instance you're talking about where zombie took a shot in the chest was from a shotgun. So I think anybody's going to go down if you shoot him with a shotgun. Even right, a zombie. but a zombie would get up again. Sure, but I mean, who knows if she did or not? That's true. I'm saying it was never clearly defined, right? Um, but I think that's just one of the many plot holes in this movie. <laughs> yeah, there was there was a few, uh, just a few. I mean, you know, every thirty seconds, but who's <laughs> counting? Um, At one point, Chris and another one of the strippers named Dallas uh, go. To find Dr. Klinkenberger and... Klinkenberger. <laughs> or Klinkenbeard. Klinkenbeard. <laughs> My apologies. Sorry. Sorry, everyone. Um, they, they go to find him and find a cure. Um, I guess I won't spoil no, what happens. I, I would say they, they go to look for a cure. Um the end of this movie is different than any other zombie movie. I will say that. I mean, it's got similarities <laughs> to some, but <clears throat> whether that makes it good or bad is up for debate. Yeah. But I mean, that two second clip, man, <laughs> that might be one of the best scenes in cinema history. So when they turn on the TV, <laughs> we're going to explain it. Just, just, that that's that's all you need to know right when they when they turn on the tv that whole segment but especially the last yeah if you watch if you're a regular listener to the show and you watch this you're gonna know what part we're talking about <laughs> like you know our humor you know the stupid jokes we make you know exactly what part we thought was funny yeah so. and it's to us like I said, we've seen this a handful of times, and we still have to pause the movie because we're laughing so hard. <laughs> oh, fuck. We only watched it once this time. That was weird. Yeah. Anyway. I think it was because we were watching it on my tablet, and it was too much of a pain in the ass to rewind it. Sure, yeah. Um. Okay, well, I mean, do we have anything else to say about this? No. Okay. So, I think overall, this was, if we're going to be looking at it democratically, actually, is that the right term? I don't know. If I'm going to be looking at it as I would look at any other movie, this wasn't very good. (laughs) Let's go down the list. Acting. Terrible. Effects. Terrible. Story. Terrible. Um, that's pretty much all I got. All right. So, across the board, it would appear as a terrible movie. Yes. But, <laughs> um, here's where I'm going. <laughs> I don't know. I honestly don't know how to how to rate this. With the three I'm, terribles, I would take it to a one. However, I think the effects, as bad as they were, I've seen worse. You have? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't want to see that movie. <laughs> so I'm going to give it a half a point for that. 
there's boobs. There are so boobs. I'm going to give it a half a point for that. And I'm going to give it a half a point for you know what. <laughs> okay. So I'm going two and a half. All right. Well, that's fair. Um, I I can't in good conscience as a movie reviewer even give it a five because as I've established before, five is my mid-ground for all movies. Um, that's kind of how a scale of one to ten works. Fuck you. I'm explaining it. Uh, so, yeah, I can't in good conscience even give it a five. But I can't in good conscience give it a one. So, I mean, a lot of the same reasons that you gave... I'm so torn. Um, you know what? I'm going to say four. Because this movie, despite how terrible it is, it's good for a laugh, if nothing else. Uh, even if you... Even if by some weird... Like, if you have some kind of mental condition where you don't think the part that we're referring to is funny... <laughs> This movie is still just so dumb and so poorly created that you can't help but laugh at certain parts. I mean, if nothing else, when Johnny Backhand starts acting really fucking ghetto, but not in a, like, when he gets really fucking ghetto, that's just when he really starts to shine, and it's pretty funny. So, yeah, I'm going to say a four. All right. Cool. Neat. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's the, the the other theme of this show is neat. <laughs> so sex and neat. It's... So our second movie is uh, pretty much the exact same movie, more or less. <laughs> it's called Zombie Strippers. Alpha Bravo teams. Let's clean up the rest of the mess. Wait for it. In this small Nebraska town, a secret government project has gotten out of control, and a deadly virus has been unleashed. The virus is based on the human X chromosome, so it stays more pure from woman to woman. Into the city's hottest nightclub. This is Jessie. Local girl, right? Yeah. Born and bred, Sartre, Nebraska. So tonight, when the sun goes down, things really start to heat up. Every man's fantasy is about to become... What seems to be the problem, Doc? Believe it or not, zombies. Their worst nightmare. <laughs> Robert England. <laughs> Janet Jameson. You got it or you don't, baby. But, but what about the girls, huh? They're good girls. They're zombies. No. They're strippers. They're zombie strippers. For my sake, suck it up. Okay, so the first one was strippers versus zombies. 
This one is zombie strippers. I get it. <laughs> I'm making sure the people at home understand. Sure, see. sure. <clears throat> um, these these movies came out the same year. Surprisingly, I don't know if one was influenced by the other. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it was just the year for zombie strippers. Um, this one takes place at a strip club in Nebraska called Rhinos. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's run by a gentleman by the name of Ian, who you may recognize as Robert England, slumming it. <laughs> God, if there was ever a definition of slumming it, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, was his character supposed to be gay? I don't think so but I don't know I, I couldn't tell he just I don't know his his whole shtick was weird like he seemed like he was a germaphobe but like particularly afraid of his own employees right I don't know if that's just because they're strippers or if he's I could understand if it was just because it was they're strippers well sure he called them like walking herpes and stuff so. right and he sprays them with Something. Yeah. Antibacterial spray. I <laughs> never really say what that is. But Ian runs this place called Rhinos, and uh, it it's like under a military base or something um, where they're – or like a lab, I guess, more, where they're experimenting on cancer research <laughs> and chemo. They keep saying chemo virus, which I don't think chemo is a virus. Well, um, just, I guess, backstory is that this is set in, uh, I guess they refer to it as the near future, um, in a world. In a world. That, you know, just might seem like the worst possible world ever. Where George W. Bush has been elected to his oh, yeah. fourth term as president and has basically overstepped his bounds as president and taken over as, like, a dictator. Uh, he disbanded Congress because they were bumming him out. <laughs> More or less. Harshing his buzz. Um, and among other things, public nudity was banned. So... This whole the strip club, uh, was the Rhino Club, Rhinos, Rhinos, yeah, um, has been, or you know, it's basically like kind of a underground secret place. You know, it's it's illegal to even right. exist. So, uh, that's like backstory. The United States is also involved in wars with Iraq, Afghanistan, Iran, Pakistan, Syria, Venezuela. France, Canada, and Alaska. Yeah. Which, I don't know, apparently seceded or something. Or George Bush just initiated war on his own country. This this movie is pretty political. Yeah. It's not executed well, though. No, it's, like, so in your face that it's like, okay. Yeah. That's enough. Calm down. Anyway, sorry. Continue. But, yeah, there's this lab where they're experimenting on this chemotherapy that 
regenerates dead cells. So, naturally, it creates zombies. Yeah, they see it as a opportunity to, because they're involved in so many wars, they don't have enough soldiers to fight, so they see it as an opportunity to reanimate dead soldiers, put them back on the battlefield. Right, and then they no longer feel pain or have fear, so they're, in a, in a way, super soldiers. Right. Well, they bring in this military unit to clean out all the zombies because they they escaped and they you know they're raising hell one of the soldiers gets bit ends up falling into this strip club did you catch his name bird flu bird flu yeah, but it, it's spelled uh with b-y-r-d-f-l-o-u-g-h right <laughs> um so yeah and then he ends up biting one of the strippers an actress by the name of jenna jameson Actress is a stretch. Who you would know from such fine films as Buttman at New to Poppin' Seven. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck. Or Dirty Bob's Excellent Adventures 35 and 37. Oh, (laughs) she made a comeback. Uh, so then she turns into a zombie, but for some reason, when anyone turns into a zombie in this movie, they become mindless killing machines unless they're a stripper. Well, that's something they actually mention in the opening scene in the lab is that for some reason, the virus kind of stabilizes in the female body, like female genetic makeup. It kind of stabilizes a little bit but there were other zombies that were women that were just yeah I don't know I I can't explain I can't explain things that weren't given to me you know (laughs) Um, and then so she just you know they, they wanted to give it to soldiers because they would lose all their fear and all their pain well for the strippers they lose all their inhibitions Right. And so they can just dance their asses off. Right. And it's the best dancing ever. They look like they're having convulsions on stage. Pretty much, yeah. Well, not, that's not true. I guess maybe just Lilith, like the goth one the, of the bunch. Oh, yeah. She just is a creep. Yeah. I mean, because I think, you know, my early 20s, late teens self wanted to like her. <laughs> But I just couldn't because she was a creep. <laughs> yeah, she really was. And she kept, like, licking at the camera. Yeah. She's doing, like, air licks. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, it's uh, not sexy. Cat, uh, Jenna Jameson's character, starts biting the other strippers so that they can have the same effect. And it doesn't bother anyone. The yeah. fact that she's fucking eating people <laughs> and then biting other strippers, making them into zombies, and they come to her for it yeah they, they they want to have that feeling that to be able to dance that way and to be able to not have their inhibitions and so they voluntarily are letting her bite them and transform them into zombies yeah and then they're in turn biting customers and then ian is taking these customers and just locking them in a room downstairs right biting their dicks off yeah um a 
couple things that both these movies have in common. They're both cancer research gone wrong. Uh, they both have zombies and strippers, obviously. Mm-hmm. And they both feature someone getting their dick bit off. Yeah. Just a lot of dick biting. Yeah. Not good. That's not good. As no bueno. Uh, oh, also, this movie also doesn't clearly explain if they have to get shot in the head. Uh, well, that's an interesting thing is because the scientist that... The doctor said that they were surgically removing the mandula oblongata... But then the soldier just shot him in the head. But they didn't really explain if that's what was necessary. Because when they're in the hallway, they were just kind of blasting. And it seemed like they were shooting guys in like, the chest and the stomach, and it was, it was killing them. Because they're the worst Marines ever. Right. Um, it's, they don't seem to actually know how to operate their weapons. Right. Um, they're all, two of them were also armed with EMP emitters. Or, you know, basically... Guns. I mean, they, they look like just big, like fucking bazooka things, basically, like yeah, rail guns or something that um, emitted EMPs and experienced music projects. Yes, that no, uh, that's electromagnetic pulse because the scientists said that they've been able to control uh, or destroy or kill. It knocked him out. That's what he said. Is that what he said? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well. <clears throat> It did seem to do that, but the results were temporary. Yeah. Very temporary. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did you happen to notice who, or I, if, if, if you even knew who it was, but did you see who played the bodyguard or the bouncer at the strip club? Fucking Tito Ortiz. The Huntington Beach bad boy. Doing what he does best, being a fucking pussy. Mr. Jenna Jameson. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, that's why he was in this, because he was fucking banging Jenna Jameson back then. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I like when the zombies start attacking and he just hides behind the door. Right. That's what I said, doing what he does best. Yeah. Running away, being a pussy. Well, doing what he does best would be getting his ass beat. But. Right. <laughs> oh, God, what if he tracked us down? <laughs> he could still kill us. Yes. If he tracks us down, I'm calling Chuck Liddell. Iceman. Yeah. Um, he's, oh, shit. He's, Tito, he's going to be here in Washington, like, doing a fight. They're not doing a fight, but putting on a fight. Fuck. Yeah. He's going to listen to this. Yeah, fuck us up. You better call John John. <laughs> um, another thing about the zombie, like the the zombie strippers start to decay, obviously as dead things tend to do, and they get these weird, long, pointy witch fingers. Right. What was that about? I don't know, but it did look like just you know those things you get um, in like uh, quarter machines, like witch fingers that you just kind of. Actually, I guess you could buy them at, like Halloween. They do this, yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but uh, no, you buy them at like even the Halloween store. You're just little things that you just put on the tip of your finger. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, that's what bugles. they look like. What or bugles? <laughs> Every time I think of witch figures with bugles, I think of scrubs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, that's that's essentially what they look like, except black instead of green or whatever fuck color they are. Bugles are orange. No, not fucking bugles, man. Uh, Get off the bugles. <laughs> yeah, so the strippers can dance and talk and fight and do everything. And strip. And strip. 
This movie not only has boobies, it's got full frontal. Yeah. And full backle. And fur ba- full backle. Fur backle. <laughs> I didn't see any fur backle. <laughs> I didn't see any fur frontal either. <laughs> uh, no. If you, get what I, if you get my meaning. If you catch the drift. Wink. <laughs> wink. Um, yeah. Um, it was uh, uncomfortable when they started to decay and they were topless. Yeah. Because you don't want to look at dead boobs, but you kind of feel like you have to. Yeah, yeah. Just something from deep within your pants. <laughs> um, Jenna Jameson, I was... For a while, she was like my favorite porn star. For a while, she was everyone's favorite porn star. Sure. Until she started... I don't know. Something happened to her. She got like started losing a bunch of weight, Like got really like that creepy thin. She did, yeah. Um, and, uh, got her lips blown up and it looked fucking ridiculous. Um, but, you know, even for nice boobs, I always thought, thought she had nice, or sorry, fake boobs. I always thought she had kind of nice ones, you know, but in this movie, at one point it looked like, like her boobs were overlapping, (laughs) like her just fake tits turned into like a Venn diagram. (laughs) I swear to God, that's what it looked like. It was creepy. Um, so, yeah, that's my piece. Um, so, yeah, that's a, the the effects in this are definitely better than Zombies, 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 but still not very good. Well, the the computer effects no they're shit yes the the makeup was good practical effects are actually pretty fucking good yes i will agree with that for sure um, but yeah the the computer effects were not very good no they were shit i mean like they're beyond bad yeah <laughs> well not as bad as zombies 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 but still pretty fucking bad yes it's like they hired a fucking art school person to do it for them <laughs> they might have they might have blown all their budget on robert england <laughs> um I'm sure he's so in high high demand right now. Doing fucking horror cons. <laughs> anyway, um Yeah, this movie Alright, acting. Huh? Acting. Okay. Effects. Practical or computer? Just overall. Overall. Good. Story. Non-existent, did not exist. <laughs> yeah, there's really no story here. It's just strippers get bit, strippers dance. That's pretty much ninety percent of the movie. Yeah, and the first then, five and the last five are the only parts that are different. Yeah, I mean the the movie, like honestly, the first fifteen twenty minutes of the movie, it's all to do with this uh, this Z squad of Marines, and then. You don't hear from them again until, like, almost the end of the movie where they suddenly pop back up and then you're like, oh, yeah, these guys. Yeah. Because I'm... Where have they been? Yeah, I completely forgot about them. Because the movie takes place over the span of a few, at least days, if not weeks. Yeah, at least, yeah. Um, And, yeah, these people just disappear and then just pop up again. Right. 
Um, one thing that troubled me was the fact that these women were clearly rotting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they were turning pasty white. And, and the dudes were into it? And they were so into it. Yes. And they were brought back into the you know, the, the private dance area thinking they were going to get some. And they were really excited to get some action from these fucking very clearly undead women. And they knew there were zombies. Yep. Everybody knew there were zombies. It was not a big secret. So I found that extremely troubling. Oh, that was one thing I wanted to bring up in Zombies, 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 and I forgot, was how quickly they got to the point where they started calling them zombies, Mm -hmm. and how quickly they realized how they became zombies. Right. Very intuitive. Yes. Uh, Maybe it's because their story was so disjointed that they couldn't waste a lot of time getting to it, so they just kind of jumped ahead. That would be my guess. I guess. I don't know. Um... But yeah, back on zombie strippers. I keep confusing strippers versus zombies and zombie strippers. <laughs> I have to stop myself and remember which one I'm talking about here. Um, uh, where do I want to go with this? I thought that the, the political parts were a little over the top and, and basically unnecessary mm-hmm. as a whole. Um, the acting was the acting was not good but when you're putting it up against zombie zombie zombies um it was definitely better than that well i mean think of like the every single person that was on the z squad some of the worst acting they were all really seen. bad yeah it's like is this the first time you've acted <laughs> but then there's robert england who right. who was really funny in this uh, yeah at times. At but, times. I mean, even he seemed like he wasn't... It seemed like he was acting down. I feel like he knew the script was stupid. <laughs> it's like, I just gotta eat, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I think I am gonna give it a four. Okay. That feels right. Feels good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, fuck. Um, yeah, like you said, the fucking acting was just abysmal. The story, like you said, non-existent. Um, but something this did have over... There's a couple things this had over zombie strippers... Or, sorry, zombie, zombie, zombies. Um, was the gratuitous nudity, mm-hmm. which is always a plus. Um, and the really surprisingly good practical effects. Agreed. Um, which is basically contrasted by the really poor computer effects. Uh, anyway, so I think for those reasons, I'm probably going to say that it wasn't a particularly decent movie, I guess, <laughs> but not awful. So um, I'm probably going to match what you said and say four. So you gave them both a four? Yeah. Interesting. But for different reasons. 
Okay. So. <clears throat> All right. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, the, w- when you when you put it that way, it struck me as like, oh well, no, because I definitely like zombie strippers more than I like zombie zombie zombies as as a film. Um. But. I like them both in different ways, which I guess kind of balances out the equal score. So. All right. Fair so. enough. I was waiting for you to say like six, and I was going to go back and start finding other movies you gave sixes to. <laughs> Be like, just for reference, Tony gave zombie strippers the same score he gave horns. <laughs> but you didn't. You gave it the same score you gave See No Evil 2. There you go. <laughs> um... All right, so I guess that's everything. That'll do her. So that's uh, episode triple X. In the can. In the can is the butt. (laughs) (laughs) Make sure you head over to graveplotpodcast.com for all of your grave plot podcast needs and for the grave plot podcast i am skeletoni and i am taylor of terror this has been the grave plot podcast where we're all just a little dead inside